You are listening to Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. This is the show, and sometimes the Sheer, depending on the week, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. I apologize in my in advance. My voice is horrid right now. Caught some sort of a cold or a virus from the kids, probably. They had something the past few weeks. Have this awful cough that sneaks into my voice every couple of minutes. I apologize for that in advance. Bear with me. I'm sorry about that. But hopefully the topic is still very interesting. And hopefully it is still bearable to be able to listen <coughs> to me. <coughs> I didn't want to cancel. I don't like to cancel. So, Blean Andrew, hopefully it'll still be very good. We're going to talk about cooking like a man. A topic near and dear to my heart. I've been cooking Baruch Hashem for a long time now. We'll talk about it. You can listen to us usually, not when there are technical difficulties tonight. You can listen to us usually on the Sheer Enjoyment Radio app on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Wherever you can get your app, usually we're up and running. Unfortunately, we won't be able to do it that way tonight for various reasons, technical reasons. But we have the phone line here at 520 453 8302. 520 453 8302. You can also email us at sheer enjoyment radio at gmail.com. If you have any personal questions, comments, concerns related to any of my sheer, any of my shows, especially this one, you can email me personally at maximum tee at yahoo.com and I'm happy to help. You can listen to our podcast throughout the week. Tani Talks Daf, Tani Talks Perky Elvis, Tani Talks OT, Tani Talks Parsha, and of course this Tani Talks Radio, which after the fact becomes a podcast episode that we upload, God willing. You can listen on all podcast forums, including Podbean and Spotify and Google and Amazon and of course iTunes and Yidpod, which is our sister site to our host of JewishPodcast.fm. <coughs> I'm a huge fan of JewishPodcast.fm. Everybody should have a podcast. I think it's wonderful, a wonderful way to get out there. My shows are there. I'm very happy to be hosted there. So why do I love cooking? I have been cooking now for maybe 10 years. I started on the job cooking. Basically, my wife was cooking the first couple of months we were married. She came home one day from work, and she was very much drained. A student basically threatened her, I'm going to take my brother's pencil, and I'm going to show you how I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to stab you with it. Very, 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 very not good kids in that school. We don't even call the school. We say, oh, we don't even talk about those days. For my wife, it was very intense and very intimidating and very traumatic. Really PTSD when we think about that place. And everywhere, and we're, if we're ever driving in Brooklyn, anywhere near that direction of where the school used to be, it closed down since then for good reasons. You think about Miss Trenchable from Matilda. Anyone who saw Matilda, the musical or the movie, more likely. You could think of a very horrid boss, a very hard principal, a very horrid headmaster, headmasters, and, and that was basically like what my wife's principal was. So she came home one day and she was drenched and she just couldn't do it. She couldn't, you know, be able to, to make the food and cook the food. And I said, you know what? From now on, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to try to cook for you. And in the beginning, it was very difficult. In the beginning, I did very sloppy meals, very bad meals. In fact, one time, we were having our neighbors down the hall. We started in an apartment building in Brooklyn before we came out to Long Island about six years ago. But the first three, three and a half years, we were living in Brooklyn in a wonderful building with like six apartments for a floor. There were six floors, including a basement. No apartments in the basement. So like 36 apartments, a very nice building, very nice apartments. But down the hall, we had a good friend. 
For some reason or another, my wife and I got held up at Citibank. We were either opening an account or changing an account, something like that, and it took a lot longer than expected. I think we were there three hours when it was supposed to be, you know, 30 minutes, an hour. It happened to be a friend of ours was an agent for Citibank anyway, so we probably ended up schmoozing. We got home before Shabbos, maybe an hour before Shabbos, maybe 45 minutes, I don't know, an hour and a half. Not enough time to really do what we wanted to do, and we were scrambling. And again, I was only cooking for a little bit at the time. Me being the head chef of the family, the sous chef of the family, and the and the 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 main cook and the, and the chef at that time and since then, of course. And what we're gonna make for Shabbos? We're running out of food. My friend living down the block, so luckily he was able to lend us some sliders, which I popped into the oven as fast as I could. We had some not so great looking tomatoes that I tried to make into like a <coughs> like um kind of like a tomato pasty kind of a dish did not come out so good and bless their hearts though that our neighbors came and they tasted the food they didn't see anything was wrong with it they didn't say anything was wrong with it another time we had a mouse in the apartment in brooklyn and they also came the same day my birthday which is actually baruch hashem coming up in just a few days it's my birthday on shabbos my bar mitzvah parshas vayachi so they coincide this year which is very exciting so here in town hopefully we're gonna do a kiddush or whatnot and hopefully i'm gonna lane but in any case the that that year when i had my birthday we, we had invited my wife invited my friends and we made it into a french theme and i put on an artist hat and an artist shirt and the guy who was trying to find the mouse and take care of it jerusalem his name was ironically walks in and sees us for there <coughs> And it was also crazy. Same guests, same people, same friends from down the hall. So bless them. They were able to join us and didn't say anything bad. But I know myself, it was not a Tani's Takeout worthy type of a dish, if you know what I'm saying. We call the kitchen in our house Tani's Takeout. Established 2013 when my wife and I got married. We have a, a sign that was made for me by my wife's family. Tani's Takeout always open. Established 2013. Rated five reviews on, on Yelp. My wife also made a beautiful sign, Tani's Takeout. And I actually made another sign to go inside with that because we're, we're moving around things in the house and painting and whatnot. So... Back then, in the beginning, I wasn't able to really cook so well. But it's really, really on-the-job training. I wasn't really allowed growing up into the kitchen. That was my mom's thing. She was the cook. I am actually a big fan of Kids in the Kitchen. We actually, our favorite show right now is actually a kids' cooking show, Master Chef Junior. Really, really good show where kids, where kids between 8 and 13 are, are cooking and are trying to make dishes. And then they end up being the last two who go head-to-head. And whoever's the best cook wins, a hundred grand and a, and a trophy and a cookbook and very cool stuff so i'm a huge fan of a kid cooking and oftentimes throughout the years my kids have helped me they actually help me get ready for shabbos oftentimes they'll uh they'll use the the manual vacuum the sweeper on the rug they'll use the mr green which is swiffer on the bathroom floors and the kitchen floors and they'll use the dry sweeper we call it the dry mr green for the bedroom floors oftentimes again it's not child labor they find it a lot of fun and even times they'll use the broom and the dustpan but when it comes to the cooking itself, oftentimes they have helped me throughout the years. You know, we've made many different stuff. They've helped me add stuff for the kugel and mix the kugel. They've helped me make the chulant and put the spices in the chulant. We're going to talk about the God willing with some recipes, but you don't have to be an astroscientist or an astrophysicist or a nuclear physicist, excuse me, or a nuclear scientist or a NASA scientist or anything like that or a great big doctor or anything like that in order to be able to cook. You just have to put your mind to it and be open to recipes for the first maybe seven years. I was not open to recipes. I'm not sure why. I was very obstinate against it. I felt like it was a failure, I guess, on some level to have to use a recipe. Now, 
I'm very interested because we actually run a baking class this semester. We also did a lot of baking in the summer for our after camp program. We did a program in our backyard for like, you know, 15 to 20 kids for a week, Monday to Friday. Very, very intensive camp. A lot of fun, but a lot, a lot, a lot of work. Very intense kids came to that camp. And we did a little baking thing throughout the week, throughout the days of that week. And now in this semester from September to January, ending in a couple of weeks, thank God, we have a baking class also where I do the baking <coughs> with the kids, for the kids. Just on Sunday, we made Oreo fritters. I don't have make up the recipes most times. I actually follow recipes. I made a whole folder for each kid, four kids that come to the class for the four months or so. I also made a little souvenir like index card box that they could take with them as a memorabilia. Hopefully that they'll take with them. But um, the recipes, you know, you got to follow the recipes. You got to do recipes. That's really the best way to go about it. The best, the best way to really accomplish and really get it going is to be able to use those recipes, do those recipes. It's the best solution in my mind of how you could actually go about cooking. And throughout the week, what do I do for, for dinner, for breakfast, for lunch? What do I do for Shabbos? So really, we have it down to a science. I do love the cooking. I love making a product that can be consumed by my wife and the kids. And when I see the reactions and they really like it, kids especially, because kids are very picky eaters in general. My kids myself are very picky eaters in general. How could we go about it? How could they go about it? So it depends on what we're doing. So throughout the week, throughout the times, it could be a different way. In many different ways, I actually have my go-to things that I make for Shabbos, for Shabbat. My wife recently told me, you want to try different things? No problem. Now that there's all this year's experience, thank God, down my belt, you know, down the line. But really, in general, there are ways to go about it. I I have it down to a science. Throughout the week, in terms of routines and scheduling, which I think we should talk about another time on Tiny Talks Radio. But in general, there has to be a way to go about it where you have it down to a science. You have it down to a way of going about it in order to make it more functional for your existence kids lunch number one whatever you make for dinner if possible make more that you can have for lunch i don't pay for kids lunch send my kids to the school towns to the town schools excuse me my older boys are in kindergarten and in second grade and they go to the school in the town my younger girl is not ready yet she's too young she's in the preschool around the neighbor around the corner in our neighborhood the girly girly the little girl i ever sees the baby is home with me But when it comes to, for now while I'm remote, hopefully that stays, Hashem should allow. But when it comes to the idea and the ability, when it comes to, you know, wanting to be sending them for the lunch, making them the lunch, my daughter is the only one that now has a meal once a week, Tuesdays. Coming up tomorrow, they give lunch in the school, we pay for it, it's pizza day, and then they give them Israeli salad and french fries, which makes it a little easier but for my sons, I still have to make something. So whatever you make for dinner, if you can make more, you could double it, triple it, and then you could have lunch for yourself to take to work or to have for yourself in the house. That's really the best way. So if I'm making pancakes for dinner, I do breakfast for dinner sometimes. That's a simple thing. I make instead of two batches, I make three or four batches that I have enough for us for dinner. I have enough for myself maybe to take for lunch. And then I have enough for each kid. I want to give them three, four pancakes, nice size pancakes to put in the bowls, to put in their Lego lunch boxes for the boys and the princess uh, lunch box for the girly. And then we have it set for the day. And then if we do noodles, oftentimes noodle night is Thursday night. Sometimes we'll do a noodle night at a different time. And then it's usually mac and cheese, so I'll make the noodles in the pot. It's very easy. You boil the water, you you put, you pour the noodles in. It takes about 12 minutes. If you mess up the noodles, then really we got to have a bigger chat because that's really the simplest thing a person can make besides for toast. I know there's the old joke about burning toast, but... <clears throat> 
Very interesting name that would be, by the way, burning toast, burning toast. <laughs> but when it comes to how you could go about it, you do the dinner, you could have more for lunch. So you look at the week and we plan out the week, how does it go? You make a lot of food for Shabbos, then you should have enough for Sunday, Monday leftovers. A lot of times Sunday night is leftover night, Shabbos food leftover night. My second son gives me a, a, a lot of tzuras about it, gives me a lot of trouble about it. But in the end, he likes it and it's yummy and he's a big fan of chillin'. So I don't know why he always puts up such a fight. And um, that's usually Sunday. And if there's enough food, then it's Monday too. If we make a soup that week, we'll talk about that, God willing, what I usually make for Shabbos that goes over to Sunday. And then Monday, oftentimes it'll go through Monday. This week it did not. So instead I made the noodles again tonight and some fish sticks that I that I baked. These are the frozen fish sticks that you find in your local kosher Jewish supermarket. Ours Baruch Hashem is around the corner, but I actually order on Monday, Tuesday via email, and then they usually deliver it to us on Wednesday night because I just don't have the time. I'm very big on saving time and energy, even if it costs more money. That's why Amazon is always coming to our house every day. It's almost like we see our usual delivery guy. Hi, how are you, Stanley? Hi, how are you? Good to see you. How you guys doing? Everybody okay? I didn't give you a delivery the other day. You all right? Baruch Hashem, we're okay, you know. <laughs> but I like things coming to the house, Amazon Fresh, Whole Foods through Amazon and Amazon itself. And uh, the local kosher supermarket around the corner, you know, if I have to, we'll jump in at times. But I think time is money and I think energy and time really adds up. And when the kids see the packages that come on, on Wednesday, they say, Up, oh, I need here. I wonder if my yogurts came. I wonder if the seltzers are here. Abba, let's help you put it away. And it becomes a whole family activity for like 20 or so minutes. The seltzers go in this drawer in the cabinets. And now the waters go in this drawer in the cabinets. The the yogurts go in the bottom left of the fridge. And I know the cheese goes in the cheese drawer. And Abba's special Israeli drink. I like to get the spring tote banana. And, uh, you know, this goes here and this goes there. I bring the other stuff to the downstairs freezer. So I like to order the, the 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 groceries, and I usually have it already as a set up standardized list, and I could tailor make it if I need each week. But usually, I know I need fourteen yogurt patches, I need twelve seltzers, I need two dozen eggs, you know, this and that and that, and that's how we go about it. So when you make your grocery list, also think in mind what you want for the whole week. And you could figure out what are easy dinners, what are easy lunches, what can I get that makes my life a little simpler, a little easier. Maybe I'll get the Dr. Prager sweet potato littles. My son loves those dinosaurs. You heat them up, then he could have them for dinner, and then he could have them for lunch the next day. So yummy. Dad, Abba, I don't want the, the vegetable ones. I don't want the, the kale ones. I don't want the spinach ones. I only want the sweet potato ones. Okay, Abba? No problem, son. No problem. My other son likes fish sticks. Abba, can you make fish sticks? No problem. And then my daughter will say, ah, can I have a cheese sandwich, right? Okay, no problem. So it depends on the day. But if you have noodle night like Thursday night, then Friday lunch could be noodles. You make extra noodles to save for lunch. If you have Shabbos after Sunday money, that becomes the problem for Monday and Tuesday lunch. So then we have to be a little creative. We have to think a little outside the box. What can we do? What can we send them? How could we get them to have food for the lunch, to have food for school. So a lot of times I'll do sandwich because I just don't have the time in the mornings and I'm too zonked, too, you know, spent for energy at nighttime. We want to do things that save us energy, that save us ability to be more functional, to be able to go about our lives, right? To go about things. How could we go about our lives in a more functional way? So we want it to be that we could do that. So a lot of times I'll make a cheese sandwich. We just got a progress report from my daughter's teacher, Please don't send in the plain bread sandwich. She doesn't eat it. She doesn't like it. 
sent in the cheese. When we gave her cheese, she loved it. We also gave fruits, and she loved it. She really chowed down on the strawberries the other day, and the American cheese was great. So today I sent a bread sandwich with two pieces of American cheese, and we got a compliment, a text message from the director who told us the teacher said that my daughter loved lunch. Yay! And again, Tuesdays is good for her. We're good for the the uh, the pizza day. My daughter gets very excited. It's Sapaja and pizza day. Instead of saying pajamas, she says Sapaja. So I don't even correct her anymore because it's so flippin' delicious. Three three years old is a really delicious age when they're not tantruming. Going into four years old, four years old I think is my favorite age actually for a kid. So three to four, you know, I don't even change the sapajas to change it to pajamas. One day she'll get it. But uh, my teacher told me, Morafei said tomorrow is sapaja day, okay? Okay, I want to wear the unicorns, okay? Okay. <laughs> so when it comes to the, the lunch, when it comes to how do we go about it, really making the dinner could solve it for lunch again. I apologize. My voice, some cold or some virus I think the kids probably gave to me. Baruch Hashem. So please bear with the voice and with the coughing. So that's really Sunday, Monday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday becomes the real challenge, the real <coughs> ability to say, what am I going to do? I don't actually make chicken and meat during the rest of the week oftentimes because we have it on Shabbos and then we have it for leftovers. So let's do something else during the week. My kids love hard-boiled eggs, so oftentimes I'll do that. And then we can make it into an egg dinner. So we can make scrambled eggs, we can make omelets, we can make hard-boiled <coughs> Eggs, <laughs> making eggs three ways. I actually don't know how to make eggs any other way. I don't know how to make poached egg, and I don't know how to make a slow-boiled egg, even though on MasterChef Junior and MasterChef they've shown it. They don't actually explain it, really. So I don't know how to do that yet, but maybe one day. That's a dinner we could do. We could also make pancakes for dinner. We've talked about breakfast for dinner. If I'm really in a pinch, in a bind, I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed to admit this, but sometimes we have done sandwiches for dinner or challah for dinner or, or cereal. <coughs> Excuse me. Or cereal if we're in real, real, real pinch. <coughs> Again, the cold virus getting to me this time. <coughs> so that's <coughs> what we do if we have to. Sometimes. Other times we might go a little bold and we might do something different. I did um I did try to make something different, but I will sometimes also use the Dr. Prager's. They're just a, a brand I like. They have the fish sticks and the veggie bites, the kale bites, the sweet potato littles. That'll be a dinner itself. There's also the incognito, incognito, the fake chicken nuggets or real chicken nuggets you could do and real french fries you could do. That could be an easy dinner as well. And I'm sure there are many other, <coughs> other things I've made when you throw chicken into the picture. You make a stir fry with the chicken. You could bake the chicken. I actually like to use the oven as much as possible because you throw it in, you time it, and you forget about it. Then when the timer comes, you just take it out, and bam, it's all done. Stovetop, you have to watch like a hawk. You have to babysit it, basically. You have to babysit the food because you don't want it to fry. You don't want it to spill over. You don't want it to overcook and and excuse me. And you don't want it to cause smoke in the whole house. So... I like baking things most times when I'm making things for Shabbos. There's like usually 80 things that I put into the oven at a different time or another because I don't like to do the stovetop things. Obviously, noodles have to be stovetop, but, and rice. Rice also is an easy thing. Quinoa is an easy thing also. If I have to be also in a pinch, sometimes I'll do those, uh, <coughs> instant soups. The kids love those noodles. They call it spaghetti, but they don't like the vegetables actually. So. Different times you could do those things. So those are different things that could be done for dinner. I have different types of chickens that I do. I do the maple chicken one where I have maple syrup <coughs> and uh, Rice Krispies and um, 
and that's really delicious actually recipe we also have the the breaded chicken where i have chicken and then i put mayo on it and then i put the panko crumbs on which is mexican or american that's a real hit also i also have a garlic onion chicken garlic onion honey chicken where it's garlic <coughs> garlic powder onion powder onions and the chicken and some honey that's actually a delicious recipe too and then my big ketchup mustard chicken that's ketchup mustard cinnamon and honey all mixed together i've used that on meat too and on chicken <coughs> comes <coughs> comes out mighty mighty delicious so these are just some recipes just some ideas that I've used in general. The kitchen itself, we designed it a couple of years ago in order to be more functionally allowed for us. So our house, Baruch Hashem, is a very modest house. You walk in, we have the living room, nice size, dining room, all right. And the kitchen, all right, size, you know, the the, the living room might be like 19 by 18 with a little foyer and a bathroom. The, the, the dining room might be 12 or 14 by 13 maybe with a little uh, jut out to make it look a little more like a tiny, tiny turret. And then the kitchen itself is, I think, 12 by 12, including the cabinets and whatnot. So the kitchen is a square, yes. And when we when we moved in, they gave us a kitchen that was very schmachy. My neighbor ended up telling us that he built it. I never told him it's schmachy, but I wasn't a fan of it. I didn't like it. I didn't think it utilized the most space possible. There was a lot that could have been done. And my uncle, God bless him, my wife's uncle, but I call him my uncle, came in and basically saved the day. Enterprise Wood Kitchens, they do excellent, excellent work at Enterprise Wood Products. S for Jan, full endorsement. He does a wonderful job. They're based out of Brooklyn. He literally came to our kitchen and he figured out how he could design for us how to have the most space possible. So we utilized almost all aspects to the wall space of the kitchen, except for the wall above the basement door and to the right of it, and except for the wall above the back door, which is opposite that. If you could picture the room, it's a square, one door to the outside, one door to the basement. The next to it is the living room, and, and in front of that's the next to that's the dining room, and in front of that is the living room. It's basically an L. You come into our house, living room, dining room, kitchen is a big L. So when you look at the square of the kitchen, we wanted it to be that we had cabinets all around except for those two areas. One cabinet under the peninsula. Our kitchen does not allow for an island, which is okay. Different kitchens are different sizes. You need to technically have eight square feet around the island. He's told us a couple of times, so it didn't work for us. I actually like a peninsula better where it hugs the sides. I'm a minimalist now nowadays, especially since we're remodeling the whole house. Not the whole house, but the whole first floor. Not doing construction, but... We did a little project, but mostly painting and different furniture and swapping things out. But when it comes to the kitchen itself, the layout, you're supposed to have a triangle. It's from the fridge to the sink to the oven. It's supposed to really be a triangle to the counter so that it's the most best work, the most type of workspace that can work best for you. Because those are the three most utilized things when you're cooking, right? The oven and stovetop, the sink and the fridge, right? course including the counters the counters also weren't all the same height the previous kitchen the the peninsula was higher than the rest which made no sense so we made everything standard height 36 inch we swapped out the schmacha cabinets which were not functioning like made out of i don't know formica from the 70s i don't know and we got the quartz and we got the blue uh, excuse me not blue we got the white cabinets on top and we got like uh, a brownish cabinet on the bottom. We actually did a two-tone color. I was going to do one color, but my wife said, well, I don't do two-tone. It's a cool look. So we have brown and white theme throughout the whole kitchen. And then slowly but surely, we, we started replacing appliances. The oven, thank God. Hopefully, it lasts a long time. Kitchen was the 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 
fridge was on its way out, so we actually replaced that last year when my daughter was born. That was a great call. Anytime we do anything materialistic I, 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 that we buy, I research it a lot, a lot, a lot to make sure we're getting the best we can. Right away in our kitchen, we swapped the one sink and we put in a double sink, a metal sink, so that it could be used for Pesach too. We took out the faucets and put in the, the metal faucets so they could be used too. And <clears throat> when we redesigned the kitchen, we made sure to have a dairy-dedicated area, very small, a quarter of the room, and then the other three quarters really are the meat areas. We have a nice meat next to the left sink. Left is meat, like growing up, left was meat. <coughs> and on the right, the right corner is dairy. I have my dairy cabinets above the dairy counter, the the little, 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 little L, and underneath also. Then I have a couple of drawers for dairy and whatnot. And on the left side, the counter is the meat, and above that is meat cabinets. And then you you look to your left a little bit, you have nice pantries, three little pantries above cabinets that I finally, finally organized. Very proud of myself. That was a big project. Then we have underneath cabinet on the on the peninsula, the big L of the peninsula. And on the other side, the peninsula keeps going to the edge of the room. <coughs> and there's one little cabin under there. This way we have room to store the four stools I got that actually match the theme. We used to have other stools. Gave those away. Now we have the stools that actually actually match the theme for a couple of years we did this in 2019 for the white and the blue wood i felt like it was important for me especially as the cook as the chef to have a layout that really worked for me if you have a kitchen that makes no sense and it doesn't work you have to figure out a better layout and also for us the above microwave didn't make any sense so i was thinking of getting a double oven and God bless him, a guy at Hampton Appliance, a place close by in Garden City in Long Island. I don't remember if his name was Bob or Rob. He said, why Why do you need a double, a double oven? What do you have above your oven now? And I said, we have a microwave, but I want to get rid of it. It doesn't match. I don't like it. And he said, why don't you get a microwave that doubles as an oven? And that basically was the best life-saving tip and suggestion of our entire kitchen it might be besides for the spice rack which i love that we that they finally put in the workers and i argued about it but ultimately they listened to the customer because the customer's always right even though they did the locks backwards whatever but <clears throat> when they're putting in the spice rack that was awesome i love that we have a pull-out spice rack but <clears throat> when we when we were you know <clears throat> envisioning things we moved the dishwasher over to the left side which made more sense also. And then the oven went on top of the current oven, and that's basically our dairy oven. It's a very nice, very cute, above, over the range, it's called oven. And it also is a microwave, and we use that basically for dairy, almost always for dairy or parv, obviously. And it's uh, it's got a nice amount of space. It has a good shelf, and then I could put an extra little, little shelf in the bottom, and I could fit, you know, a good couple of dishes in there. I could fit two 9 by 13 pans in, and one underneath if I have to, so... I really like that. That was a great solution. Also, making the most out of your space, the most function out of your space is really what I'm all about. That's what we're doing currently in the house. We had a break from We took it out, but in the garage, we, we got two smaller furniture pieces. We got a desk for my wife and a chair that matches this light blue theme for the walls and the desk and the new couch, God willing, is a, is like a, a jean denim type of a look. The old couch a different family is going to take that could work for them better. It just was falling apart and very dirty, impossible to clean. And uh, besides that, you know, new rugs <laughs> that match also keeping things minimalistic. And um, we switched out a light in the dining room and we put in a mini break front, a tiny, tiny break front in the dining room. Very cute. We took out the old AC and put in a, 
uh, a tiny break front that could fit a couple of tchotchkes and my menorah and a couple of kiddush cups. Very cute. And then we have the theme there also. So it's about being minimalistic and and making the most of your space. And that's what I did (laughs) in the pantries also. Making two shelves for snacks and then a a shelf where I put my noodles and my cooking supplies and baking supplies and another one of them and the miscellaneous one. And then recently this week I swapped out the, the below counter microwave that we never, never use. I brought it down to the downstairs pantry storage area, which had a whole mess a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we had an unwanted visitor, unwanted creature. We had to deal with that. Got rid of all the food down there, cleaned it thoroughly, <coughs> and made sure he didn't come back. So I brought down the microwave down there. And instead of the microwave, we now use it for storing water bottles and like grape juice. Much smarter solution because I kept tripping all over the place. Where am I going to put it in my kitchen, right? Except for now, the, the big jugs of water haven't found a solution for that yet. But when you want to think about your space, you want to cook like a man. You think about how to go things functionally, how to go things occupationally i am a pediatric occupational therapist by trade we want to make sure that we go about these things in the best manner how you lay out your kitchen how you store things in your kitchen where are things in your kitchen if you don't even know where your pots and pans are how are you going to help in the kitchen how are you going to cook like a man how are you going to contribute who says that cooking only has to be a woman's profession why can't a man cook and why can't a man do laundry and a man do chores and that's what we do in my house you know my wife's job she works a teacher and the students are ridiculous you know Baruch Hashem, we have four children, and, and bringing the children to this world and taking care of the children is very difficult, so I try to do the house stuff. Who says you can't? Who says it has to be delineated? We're not living in the 50s or the 40s. I'm not a feminist, but I am thinking as a realist and thinking that we ourselves as men and myself, I learned on the job training it was necessary, and it's easy to cook like a man. It's just how we go about it, the different recipes and whatnot. How do we go about it? When we think about how we lay out our lunches and our dinners and we lay out the kitchen itself, how we lay out our houses. These are all ways to go about different things. The dairy counter and the meat counters. I use the oven for most things and I use simple recipes at 350. Literally, you turn on an oven, most ovens turn on at 350 degrees. That is the basic time for cooking most things. You want it to cook faster than raise it to 400, raise it to 415, raise it to 425. You want to broil things like a steak, you got to broil it for a couple of minutes on each side on high and low if you want to get fancy. But when it comes to these kind of things, that's what we want to be and go about things. We want it to be functional. We want it to be realistic. We want it to be possible for all of us to be able to be involved. How good would it be if everybody knew how to cook, not just certain people from base Yaakov or whatnot. Halavai, everyone learns how to cook regardless of what yeshiva, regardless what school they go to so that everybody could chip in. What if... You know, the wife gets sick or is under the weather. You're going to have no food. You're going to starve. And what happens if the husband gets sick and you're going to starve? You know, if each person knows how to make something, you can really pitch in and you can really take turns even if possible as well. So when it comes to these kind of things, you know, I, I try to lay it out in a way that really could be the most functional time saving. I have a schedule. I try to keep to it, you know, throughout the week besides for the cooking. I try to schedule the whole day. I know that eight to three is my regular job. Kids are dropped off, you know, oftentimes when I'm in person by my wife and, and when I'm home these past few years throughout remote, I could do the drop-off. So the day really starts later in the day and then once the, the school day ends at 3, that's when the high time comes. My kids get picked up at 3.40, 3.45. Then they have to do homework. Then it's high time for cooking dinner. 4 to 5 o'clock is usually dinner prep time and homework time and catching up on whatnot, whatever we have to catch up on. 5 o'clock, I like to serve the kids dinner. 
And then we unwind and we get ready for bedtime. If it's a bath night, usually Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. I try to do three times a week. Could be more, could be less, depending on the week. Try to be, you know, every other day almost. It works out to beginning, middle, and end of the week. I'm sorry. I've talked about it with the pediatricians before. I'm not a crazy guy. I can't do every night. I can't do five times a week. It just doesn't work. So we do it when we can. The other nights I make up for, I have the show on Monday nights. I have laundry nights are usually Tuesday and Thursday nights and Sundays. The whole Sunday is catching up on laundry. All the towels and all the sheets are done on Sundays every week. Blaine Edner, Emir Tzashem, usually catching up on the dishes. This week, obviously, is a little different, but... Um, you know, that's where we, that's where we do things. And then I try to schedule things. So five o'clock is dinner time and then six thirty seven ish. I try to get them in by bed. And then depending on the night, if I'm doing laundry or other things, or my wife and I try to sit down and watch together something. And on Shabbos, we try to read something together next to each other throughout Shabbos. And then when she falls asleep, then I could take care of my own stuff, any project I'm working on, or if I have to do recordings late at night or anything I'm looking into, a different project, materialistic thing I'm trying to research. These are things to how to schedule things. So when is it possible to do cooking? If you're working full-time, Wednesdays and Thursdays, you could break things up. The non-meat, non-chicken, non-fish side dishes you can make on Wednesday night, they, they fridge well, they store well. And then the meat stuff and the chicken stuff, stuff like that, that needs to be a little fresher, you can make on Thursday nights. And if you happen to be Zoha to be home, why not cook Fridays? I never understood when people say it takes them the entire Friday to get ready for Shabbos. Who are you cooking for, an army? If you have three, four, five, six people at home, what are you cooking so much that it takes you the whole day? You got to learn time management. got to learn how to set things up. I have a, a very difficult, very busy day throughout the week. Even when I'm fully remote these past few weeks, these past few years, you know, I, my baby is not happy when I'm cooking. She's uh, <coughs> 11 months now. God, I'm only going to be a year soon. She wants to be held. She wants to be entertained. So I, what do I do? I put her in the stroller and I let her watch me cook. What are you going to do? I put on Robert Lovsky on, uh, if I'm cooking on Fridays and I have it down to a science. I got to get Shabbos done in an hour and a half to two hours. I don't understand. You're taking six, seven hours. Something is not right. You got to make it more functional. How are you going to approach Shabbos every week if it's taking you five, six weeks and you're exhausted? You never want to do Shabbos, God forbid. Shabbos is the most beautiful, enjoyable day of the week. So prepare for it like it's the most beautiful day of the week, that it's not stressful, that it's not overkill. It's not taking up your whole day. You got to have it down to a science and I'll give you tips how to do that. Chillin' in a crock pot, soup in a crock pot, turn on the 350, put all the side dishes in at the same time and time it, you know, prepare your broccoli, prepare your cauliflower, just get frozen cauliflower, frozen broccoli. Okay. It might cost a little bit more, but it'll save you in the long run. Time and energy is money as well. So I get the Bodic ones or whatever, the bird's eye ones. And I, and I put my salt and pepper and my olive oil cooking spray on my broccoli or my cauliflower, and if I season it also, then I'll use the big six, which is salt, pepper, chili powder, garlic powder, onion powder, and paprika. Those are my big six that I usually put a lot of times on, on the vegetables. Sometimes I'll do stir fry and uh, use those those spices, and then I put it in 350 for 45 minutes to an hour. I also put some olive oil cooking spray on top. It gives it a nice extra crisp. Comes out after 45 minutes and an hour, boom, you already have two side dishes done. You could also do carrots with putting Italian dressing. I do oftentimes apple cider vinegar. I do sometimes. Also comes out delicious. You could buy the 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 kishka. I buy the vegetarian ones oftentimes and put it in. Let it go for 45 minutes. What do you do for dessert? Get the pre-made cookies. I get Sweet Lorenz. They are delicious. They cook for 12 minutes. They're ready made. You just put them in the oven. They make chocolate 
chip cookies and they make double chocolate and boom, you have dessert also. You can make apple crisp too. There's a recipe to do that. Not so crazy, not so fancy. I've made candied fruit, which is basically strawberries with like par of milk and honey and some sugar and some cinnamon. I put it in for 45 minutes and call it a day. You know, you can make parfait, I called it, with with fake sour cream and some sugar and mix it in with the veg, with the fruits too. You cut up some bananas or strawberry delicious. There are ways to go about it to keep it simple, but the best time hack is literally the soup in the crock pot, the chillin' in the crock pot. You put it up on the stovetop. I cannot tell you how many times I burnt it, forgot about it, left it too long, left it too short, didn't get hot, didn't get cold. You put it in a crock pot, all your ingredients in, you put it on on low before you leave to work or before you start your day. Then it just sits there the whole day. The whole house smells like it. It's beautiful. You keep it on a timer, and then you take it off at whatever time you're eating, and then it turns off at whatever time you turn it off, and you just add your ingredients. So my basic recipe is chicken broth or vegetable broth or beef broth, depending on what I'm feeling that week. I add in the cut-up potatoes. I add in the pre-cut onions. I get frozen cut-up onions, which is a big time saver, by the way. I get frozen peas, a time saver. I get shredded carrots, a time saver. Then you add in either the meat or the chicken or no no meat or chicken if you're doing a vegetable. Add some garlic cubes in. And voila, that's it. I let that soup simmer for the whole day and it tastes delicious. For chillin', also, pre-cut up onions, frozen onions. I put that in, Cut up. I cut up some potatoes and then I put in quinoa is my base actually because it gives some extra iron hidden in for the kids. And then I put in the meat. I get the cut-up meat from the butcher. I also like cut-up chicken from the butcher. I specifically asked them to do that for me so that it's ready-made. I actually like smaller pieces of chicken myself for the garlic onion dish or the ketchup onion, the ketchup mustard dish for chicken. If I'm making a chicken or, or a beef dish, I'll use those recipes also from the 45 minutes to an hour. And then you put the stuff in the chill, and those are the four main things. You put some garlic cubes in. Also, I put in you know ketchup mustard and the big six again salt pepper onion powder garlic powder paprika and chili powder and then i let that sit the whole shabbos it becomes delicious make sure not to put in too much water too little water it takes a, a little bit of time to get used to that some practice makes perfect and then i'll usually do a kugel i've done apple cinnamon kugel pumpkin kugel or butternut kugel they all start the same way it's like a half a cup of flour Half a cup of sugar, half a cup of non-dairy milk, <clears throat> two eggs, the butternut squash frozen I get from bird's eye or the pumpkin from a can or like two applesauces. You put that in, you mix it all together <clears throat> and then um, you pour it either into muffin tins or into a, into a pie crust, a par of pie crust and then you sprinkle some cinnamon on top. You let it bake for 45 minutes. Again, at 350 degrees, and that's a delicious kugel. These are simple ways to go about it. It sounds like a lot, but really, Shabbos could be made in an hour and a half by following these recipes. Gefilte fish also, the big six, goes in. And recently, I started putting in those frozen cut-up onions, too. People say, but it costs more. (laughs) Yes. I apologize. Yes, it might cost more, but cook like a man. You'll save yourself time. You'll save yourself energy, and it just makes... More function <coughs> makes things more functional all around, and then <coughs> there's also the gefilte fish that I put that in. I talked about the big six, adding in the onions nowadays. Sometimes I'll put potatoes in with it too, and you let that sit. You let that cook for an hour and a half, and that's also delicious. The chillant 
and the soup really makes the Shabbos for me. It is the simplest way to go about it. It is so delicious, so wonderful. Really saves a lot of time. I also have a salad recipe where the romaine is either the base or the iceberg is the base. Then we'll put in some cut up corn, cut up um, kernel corn and cut up baby corn. We'll put in some pickles that we cut up. We'll put in some hearts of palm that we cut up. Sometimes we'll put in some pretzels that we chop up. Then we mix it around, <coughs> shake it around. We <coughs> we add in Caesar dressing. I used to make my own dressing too with mayonnaise and a little bit of oil, a little bit of vinegar, a little bit of salt and pepper. Makes a delicious dressing too. And that's also a simple way to make salad, a really delicious way to make salad too. But it really is not so difficult to be cooking once you are able to make yourself involved in it. It's really wonderful to be involved in cooking. It's really, there's a lot of benefits from it too. Verywellmind.com even points out there are mental health benefits as well. Cooking your own meals can save you money. It can improve your health. It can deepen your cooking skill set. Some people are bored with it, but you got to go about it the right way if you want it to be entertaining, you want it to be interesting. I put on a podcast. Again, Robert Orlovsky is extremely entertaining. Some weeks I'll put on my music. I'm very big on music. I'll take it with me in the car. It's attached to my phone. So I'll connect it in the car. I'll connect it to a Bluetooth speaker outside. I'll connect it to a Bluetooth speaker inside. I'll connect it to Nucky Radio. We have the Nucky Radio at home. We love it. And when I'm doing chores or especially when I'm cooking, it's not... It's not boring. It becomes exciting. You could sing and you could dance and you could move around while you're making dishes and sing along, dance along. It's great. You got to know how to go about things with doing it in the right way. Cooking, people think it's daunting to go to the grocery store. Again, I order my stuff via Amazon or Amazon Fresh or Whole Foods or the store around the corner that will drop it off for me on Wednesday nights. Dirty dishes are very difficult, I will admit. Setting off the smoke alarm Yes, if there's gook at the bottom of the oven that you forget to cook, you forget to clean off and it sets off the whole alarm. There are many reasons, but it could be a real hobby. If you know what you're doing, <coughs> get involved in it. It has a brain-boosting diet. Studies have shown that if you have poor eating habits and unhealthy diets, you'll have un-good mental health. You'll have bad good. You'll have not good mental health. You want to make sure to be involved in things. You know, when we're doing food, it's also a way to have social connection. You could hit up your farmer's market. You could hit up the grocery store. If you want to go in person, you could help your buddy to get a recipe. There's a lot of ways to be involved. It also cooks your self-esteem. If you make a dish and it's really good, it really gives you good self-esteem. Simple dish, you can really feel the benefits. It can help you build a routine also. Getting you into a routine, how to do things. A routine is so important. I think we're going to talk about another week. It's so important to be involved in a schedule, to be involved in waking up and eating and being involved in those daily activities. It expands your creativity also. It can boost your mood. It can boost your overall well-being. Cooking is a really creative activity. If you know how to cook, you know how to go about it. You know how to bring it into your life. It can it can improve your mood. It can improve your life. How do you get started? Do you think about your favorite foods and how to go about them? You can do a cooking class. Reach out to your inner circle. You could be involved in yourself. It could really make yourself feel good. It could really make yourself want to cook, want to be involved in cooking. And if you find yourself with good ingredients, you could really make it that these are satisfying meals and good meals that can make the hormones all over the brain and the chemicals in the body better. When you make sure to have a well-balanced plate, according to myplate.gov, you're supposed to have grains and vegetables and you're supposed to have fruit. You're supposed to have a little bit of dairy should be well-balanced. It shouldn't just be, ideally, it shouldn't just be pasta. It shouldn't just be dairy, but it should have the fruits and vegetables, 
eat the rainbow is that we should have fruits and vegetables involved, some grain and some dairy, and of course a protein as well on the plate. They give you the exact specifics, but blackberries and blueberries and grapes and passion fruit and plums, prunes, elderberries and figs are great things to consider. Also strawberries are my favorite. Eggplant and beets and yam and cabbage and carrots and potatoes and radishes are good things to think about. Nuts could also be involved in your idea seafood and eggs proteins of course as well should be involved in your diet <coughs> to give good brain activity and good brain exercise as well i will also end off saying that there's one other thing that i use sometimes beans you wouldn't think that they taste so delicious but vegetarian beans actually are very very good they taste delicious they come with like its own sauce and sometimes i'll add my own sauces sometimes i'll add to it i like the um the the I forget what it's called already, but I have this cooking sauce, Ray Baby Ray, Sweet Baby Ray, maybe. Very good sauces that they have, very good dressings that they have, and you can use simple ones. Oftentimes, I'll just add something to addition. It'll be really delicious. Really, it'll be really fantastic. That Italian dressing I get from Wishbone is fantastic. It really is helpful. It really works on these kind of things. So, cooking like a man is possible. I might not be the man, but I am a man, and I have been cooking for pretty much 10 years now so there is what to say about it i have a science it is down to a science i have a way to go about it and i have cooked for many 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 pe- families in the neighborhood when lolano they have a loss or lahavdo they have a gain like a baby oftentimes we'll sign up on the meal train and i'll ask my wife what to make so for the kids oftentimes i'll make chicken nuggets you, you put it in for 30 minutes 350 it's ready to go french fries you put it in for 25 minutes for 350 and then i'll usually make broccoli with the big six of those spices or cauliflower then I'll usually make the, the chicken, either that maple chicken or the, the breaded chicken. And then oftentimes I'll throw in the cutlery and the utensils and cups and a drink and a dessert. And I like to give them plates and bowls and whatnot. And then it's all for well-rounded. I cook for people lots and lots of times. And I, and just for Shabbos, I cook for a family member. And I cook for us and I cook for another family. It wasn't so easy, but it can be done. So when it takes the whole day just to cook for you guys and you're only three, four, five, six people, something is a problem. It shouldn't take the whole day. We can have it down to science. I'm happy to help further at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. This was just some hopefully helpful hints and tips from me cooking like a man. One of the many things I do is cook for the family. I've been cooking for 10 years. And hopefully you too can cook like a man and hopefully can helpfully benefit your family and those around you. This has been Tiny Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, special on the phone line tonight. Join us next time as we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep here on Tiny Talks Radio. Again, I apologize about the voice, the cold virus that I have currently with the cough. Hopefully we'll sound better next time here on Tiny Talks Radio. And I'm your host, Tani.